Well, hello, good morning. It's just coming up to five and a half minutes after nine o'clock on a Saturday morning. And you know what time it is? It's time for gardening. Good morning to you, Porik. Good morning. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. It's lovely to have you on the programme. Well, I tell you, when the, I was just thinking there on the way, and you know, when you get a little bit older like me, and, and like I think it's about five years since we did this show together. It you must know be. It's, it must be that length. A lot certainly. of differences between then sure, and now. Sure. No hair anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you're welcome back. Thanks very it's much. It's great to have you back on the programme. Well, I'm really looking forward to today because I know you, uh, you, you had a quick word with me during the week and. I suppose today is all about a particular subject which uh, a lot of people might know a lot about but today is about garden design. Garden design, I suppose it's a critical part of any garden and, and if we're all honest about it I think most of us, if you know, including yourself you, you rush, rush into just plant, picking plants from a garden centre putting them into the garden without any kind of forethought in terms of overall how your garden design should look, the layout should look and how the garden is going to work for you and your family. So today we're going to feature and talk about garden design, the principles behind good garden design and I suppose it's um, in this weekend in particular Viv we have in the garden centre in Turlock. Yeah, talk to me about that because I was, I, you were telling me about that so it looks like it's going to be a really, really interesting weekend. Yeah, it? we've, we've um, we're going to focus on garden design in particular today and tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday. We're going to do some talks uh, at one o'clock and three o'clock um, and uh, we've invited Terry. Yeah, he's very our, quiet over there in the corner, isn't Terry he? from our garden design uh, service. Good morning, Terry. How good are you? Mo- good morning, Viv. How Tell us you? a little bit about yourself, first of all. Um, well, my name is Terry uh, McEnany, uh, originally from Monaghan yeah. and, and I'm working now with the, the Park and design team okay. and we've basically looked at all the, the issues with garden design and we're trying to um, come up with a simple a simple solution uh, for, for customers so they can actually come in uh, fill out their, their che- uh, questionnaires and their checklists and then we can actually follow through a very simple process which will actually give them um, affordable and practical garden designs. Okay well affordability is very very important especially in this economic climate and as we all know when, when, you, when, when I thought of garden design you think of the Dermot Gavins and the, the ground force and people like that but is this what we're going for here? Are we going for something that's going to solve a, a sort of a lifestyle problem? Well, I suppose it's... It, I've just been reflecting on it, Viv, over the last um, couple of years and gardening, if anything, has got a bad name in... The, in, in uh, if you talk to most people, they see it as a chore, they see it as something difficult. Mm. And really reflecting on that, a, a big part of it is that gardens today and people's gardens don't reflect their own lifestyle. So if you've got a family, a young family for example you need a certain type of garden a garden that's going to be family friendly maybe pet friendly, somewhere that the children can go out and actually enjoy and as a family you can go out and enjoy. But if you're slightly older then maybe your, 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 the necessities of the garden are slightly different. You might want to entertain more, you might want to cook a lot more outside, you might want a low maintenance garden and particularly for elderly people, certainly that was one of the big features when we did our last garden design clinic. A lot of um, our older customers came in and they were looking for how to make the garden less maintenance, less of a chore. Mm. But they also had maybe grandchildren that they wanted to accommodate as well that came at the weekends. So, you know, depending on your, your stage in, in the life cycle and your, your life stage, that really, your garden should reflect that. And really thinking about gardening, it's about making your garden an extension to your home. Mm-hmm. a place that you're going to enjoy mm-hmm. and a place where you're going to live your lifestyle rather than this being a place of a chore. And so it's moving that thinking from 
large lawn areas, large kind of maintenance areas, um, which aren't really that practical and difficult to use. A great example, I was telling Terry on the way up, I was at a meeting recently and I introduced myself to, to uh, somebody at the meeting, a lady who, who was a retailer young lady with a young family and uh, as we got chatting she was telling me about her garden she had redone her entire garden yeah and she had thought about her own lifestyle so as a mother with young children her husband was a keen golfer so she actually redesigned her garden and used a lot of artificial grass of all things because her children were able to go out and play on it she invested in some play equipment she put in a putting green for the husband I've seen it done very thoughtful very good but I thought she actually matched her lifestyle to her garden and obviously she put in raised beds for planting. She had a little bit of area for vegetable gardens as well and getting the children involved in that. But I thought she had made a very good stab at matching her own lifestyle as a busy mom of young kids to the type of garden. And the, the point she made to me was that her garden would be relevant for the next five or six years as the children, there were two and three at, at, you know, at this stage, by the time they're seven, eight, nine, ten, they're going to need a slightly different style of garden. So she saw the garden was fit for purpose for the next five or six years and then she was going to change it again to match her lifestyle and to match the age of the children. And I thought it was a very good use of um, matching the garden to your own lifestyle and giving it really as an extension to your own home. So I suppose the weekend, Terry, is going to feature that. You're going to, I mean, if people go down uh, to one of the clinics and they're taking place, what time again? In, at one o'clock and three o'clock today and at one o'clock and at three o'clock uh, tomorrow, Sunday. So people just need to turn up. So and turn we, up. We give, it, we give a talk, we put a slide presentation together showing examples of really good principles of garden design, taking some ex- examples of garden designs we've worked on in the last uh, couple of years and showing people the transformation, I suppose, and the thinking behind why we designed it in a particular way. Yeah. So we'll bring people through the process that's used in, in good garden design. And it really starts with a questionnaire. And the questionnaire talks about your lifestyle. What is it? Have you got pets? Have you got elderly people living with you? Have you got children? Do you, do you enjoy gardening or do you want a low maintenance garden? Do you want a garden that's for entertaining? So the questionnaire is very important in gathering the information to help us assess how you're going to, how we're going to design your garden to suit your specific needs because your needs are different than my needs, mm-hmm. than Terry's needs. Mm-hmm. So it's all about making sure that the garden is fit for purpose and that matches your lifestyle and matches your needs and matches not just today but over the next couple of years and that the garden can change. You might change certain sections over the next 10 or 15 years to make sure that it matches. So for example, you know, when the kids are small you might have a large play area but that might change in time to a patio area or to a cooking area or to, you know, a a planted area. It can change and evolve over a period. Yeah, it's really a, a very interesting and different way to think about your garden as part of your lifestyle. Uh, by the way, listeners, 0818-3055 is our telephone number. Uh, Teresa's taken the calls. But if you'd like to text us in a question, do you have a question? Would you like to know anything about uh, garden design? Would you? Can you tell us a little bit about your garden and maybe we can make some suggestions to you? And already we've got some questions in, lads. I just want to put, put a question to you, if I may. Uh, a listener's garden is open to the sea and uh, there is a little bit of... Uh, hedging there to give it shelter uh, what would you recommend any ideas guys on that one well i suppose it starts the one one of the starting principles and terry terry probably knows this better than i do but one of the starting so it's principles open to the sea now that, that an issue well in any garden you always start with the boundaries shelter privacy and screening is essential in any garden so when you're starting with a with a blank canvas 
be it by the sea or in, in town or wherever, the first thing you consider are the boundaries, the shelter, the privacy, because hedging plants are going to take a number of years before they provide valuable shelter to the garden. But once you've got shelter and privacy, then you can grow a huge range of plants and it obviously makes the garden more usable. So for a seaside location, a plant like Iliagnus abengii is probably one of the best seaside hedges available. It's frost hardy, it'll take the salt wind, it's evergreen, silver leaves. It grows about a foot, maybe a foot and a half in height per year. So within four or five years, you've got yourself a six foot tall, dense hedge that will tolerate the seaside conditions. Is there any other solution, say, uh, shelter-wise? I mean, can you buy, say, a hedge that is four feet tall now if you want instant, like me? I'd like it instant. Absolutely, and it's actually some of the some of the, the uh, during the presentation. I've actually taken pictures of plants. You can get instant trees now, trees that are fifteen, twenty years old, and put them into your garden. So if you wanted to mark a special occasion, or you wanted a specifically really nice tree, then you can buy them in various dis- different sizes. And sa- same applies to hedging. You can get young plants that are only a year old, or you can get six and seven year old plants if you want more an instant screening or an instant effect. All of those are available, and we're just chatting about that on the way up. I mean, twenty years ago. Uh, we were a lot more limited in our palette of materials and plants that are available. Today, with you know, you've got things like outdoor heating, you've got outdoor music, you've got fantastic materials that are available to us now to help the whole design process. And um, you know, it's it's. I think garden design is about bringing all of those elements together and making sure the materials and the design match people's lifestyle. Harry? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, th- I think the idea is, is, again, unity. That What happened in the past, people were buying uh, plants and, and materials at random and trying to put them together. It was mm. almost like a jigsaw yeah. that wasn't fitting together. So what we do initially, uh, and, and the process, we, we kind of demystified the process. And first of all, we gather as much information from you as possible. And that relates to your lifestyle, your, your, your needs, your, um, your, your aspirations for your garden. And also we take into consideration your budget. We have to be realistic about this. Mm. So when we, we actually evaluate this and then we get you to take a number of photographs and fortunately now technology has advanced in such a way that we can actually, it makes the, the process very efficient. Mm. We can now take photographs of your garden and we can actually put a photorealistic visualisation design of your garden. So you can we can actually put the trees and shrubs and show you what it will look like before anything even happens. So we, we, we it's almost like you see a number of different concepts and they look realistic. Mm. So then you can judge, yeah, that's the way I want it to look. And that can be a huge advantage in going in, in, in the first step before you even progress into getting a proper master plan done. Um, and, and this is, we'll show you demonstrations of this today in, up, in, up in the centre. And, 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 and people find it very useful. Um, now, once people... Once we kind of demystify the, the process, we can then move on and take people to where they want. So realistically, they can afford, they can get a garden which is affordable and which is practical to their needs. Um, and there's lots of different areas uh, to cover on that, based from storage to play areas to actual gardening as in you can have your uh, veg people like to have the grow their own or sustainable areas so you know pets take them into consideration so we have all of these elements which we're trying to link up and create some kind of a functional garden that actually works and it obviously is, is visually pleasing as well. Like it sounds like a fantastic co- concept, really. And is it something you've originated yourselves, Park? Well, uh, as Terry says, it has evolved. And people will be very familiar now with going into, if, even if you're, 
planning a kitchen, a kitchen makeover, the way that technology can show you realistically what that kitchen is going to look like in the space before you actually go near it. And the same applies to gardening. As Terry says, we can take a photograph of your front garden. We can then superimpose trees, shrubs, flowers, a pond area, paving area, a driveway, whatever it may be, and onto that photograph so you can visualise what it's going to look like. And as I always say, the cheapest bit of planning starts on paper. And, you know, rather than going out, as, as many of us have done, and just buying a load of plants and sticking them in, actually planning it out on paper is a critical part of garden design. And that photo re- visualisation allows you to do that. So you can take a, your actual front garden and superimpose many different layers of concepts of design, of shrub beds or flower beds or player equipment or whatever and vi- and look at it before we actually start the design process so at least you're able to say well, yeah that I actually like that those colours match we're able to show you for example beach show it to you in a red leafed form or in a green leaf form so you know it, it, it I suppose it, it makes our process and our design the design service a lot easier now with the use of digital photographs and um, and, and the questionnaire going back to what Terry said that gathering that information in terms of being the very, very first step because we want to design a garden that fits your lifestyle and your specific needs and that garden should grow with you and your family over the next 10 or 15 years. Here's one for you. Uh, listener just rang in. Thank you very much indeed, by the way. 0818-3055 is our number. You can text us to 0087 900 Have a go at this one, lads. Uh, my parents are getting older. Uh, how can they uh, get a garden that would be easy to maintain and be useful to them? Well, a very, it was a very common question. The last garden clinic, Terry, if you remember, we had lots of people in and that was one of their key things. They wanted to spend, I suppose, less time on the maintenance of the garden and uh, making the, reducing the garden and making it a little bit smaller. And so there are lots of ways of doing that. And one of the key areas is giving some of the space over to more functional areas using hard things like paving slabs, gravel, the plantex material that's used to suppress weeds between beds with the use of bark and gravel on those. Physically marking off an area, you know, putting some of maybe a larger area under wildflower meadow has been very popular because, again, it it cuts back on the maintenance and the amount of time that you have to use. So there's lots of, I suppose, small steps you can make in in changing the garden from a high maintenance. I mean, the biggest area of maintenance is the lawn. As we all know, it needs to be cut every week. So it's about reducing that and keeping the lawn as one overall unit, but in a reducing it physically by using hard landscaping, paving, gravel, maybe putting other areas under planting, but using plant and we control materials so that you're setting it up from the from the very start to be less maintenance or very very low maintenance using ground covering plants so we generally look at kind of awkward areas like septic tanks or slopes or banks in the garden and put those under ground covering plants which will just smother the ground and mm. again suppress the weeds so there are a couple of kind of simple things that can be done straight away to start reducing the amount of maintenance that's needed in a garden. And and in particular, the lawn areas are probably one of the highest maintenance. You're cutting it from early March right through to September or early October every week. And, you know, the thing about I feel about cutting lawns, mm. you have to do it every week. You're not seeing any long-term benefit ah, from It's very it. therapeutic, though. I know that from my own... Yeah, yeah, but come here, and so, so apart from mm. the maintenance side of it, say for an older couple, any mm. other sort of little gems or information you could give yeah. us that would actually make their life and enhance their lifestyle? Yeah, I said the practicality of raised beds where you're actually, any of the, the planting structures are actually raised so it allows people to, so, so easy access you know, mm. so people get in and they're comfortable and also some of these raised beds can act as, as, a, as a bench 
you know the idea is if we, we're, we're designing we try to design kind of a multifunctional mm. so we might design a, a, a seating area and it may have a, a raised bed facility designed into that so it allows that you can do both um, now again for particularly for a sort of like a little bit of pottering around or veg growing or um, herb growing or kitchen garden it's it's ideal um, I suppose the idea is hard surfaces sometimes are easier to, to manage and to, to um, navigate and yeah. particularly for wheelchair accessibility um, you know these are these are all considerations when we're designing the garden and once we have that information that that, that gives us power to actually get the balance right mm. so we can actually design it specifically to your needs um, and your requirements the raised beds are a great idea because yeah you, I was just going to say that fantastic you can use them for a rockery you can use them for edible plants as, as Terry says for both veg and fruit and for herbs and it saves the bending down mm. and it saves the, the digging as well because generally when in a raised bed you're, you're using good quality soil and compost which won't need an awful lot of, of digging or tilling every year and uh, so it's a, it's a very easy maintenance. So it's a combination of raised beds, graveled areas, paving areas. When you're doing planting, to do it in a clever way that it's ground covering plants that smother the weeds and not leaving gaps between them. Using materials like the plantex, the bark, the gravel to again suppress weeds. So there's lots of simple things and just kind of tidying up the garden and making it more, as Terry says, as a unit. So mm-hmm. keeping the lawn areas in one specific area rather than four or five separate lawns in different areas. Those are the things that take time and take a lot of maintenance. So it's reducing those down. And I suppose one thing we haven't talked about is water because, I mean, I love water in my garden. I love like I like to have a, a little feature or some sort of a feature. Water is a beautiful thing in a garden, isn't it? The sound, yeah, the sound, yeah, of water. sound of water. I mean, it's got the babbling brook type effect, mm-hmm. and it's quite easy to, to implement. And the idea, most water uh, feeders will require maybe some power or uh, electricity into the garden. But yeah. that, uh, in the past, uh, nowadays you can actually get the solar, yeah, the solar, solar water features. Really, as well, yeah, they're which, brilliant. Yeah, which, which are which are super. Um, and the idea is, so tell, tell us about the solar. That sounds very interesting. Tell me about those now. Solar. Well, how they work is, is basically solar energy. You mean to have a um, a solar panel, which yeah. is part of the water feature, and you can actually hide it somewhere. It doesn't have to be as obvious and can be in an inconspicuous area. Yeah. And that actually obviously feeds the power, the energy to the to the, um, the pump, which actually allows the pump to recirculate the water. Uh, people actually used to have. Uh, uh, perception that you required uh, copious amounts or a supply of water to a water feature. Mm. But all you need is most of the water features recycle yeah. the same water continuously. Yeah. So you just need top-ups. Um, so, I mean, with the solar um, water features, they're they're very effective and, very and, and they're coming on, on stream and um, they're more efficient now as well. On they're, stream, they're, on stream. Did you on hear stream, that? yeah. yeah. So yeah forgive the pun. Once upon a time. But yeah. They're actually using in, in, uh, in a lot of the solar panel water features now, they're using the technology in mobile phones, so the battery life so they're using the actual batteries that are used in mobile phones um, to store energy. So if you get a really warm, sunny day, yeah. it'll store energy that can be used through the water feature over several days. Yeah. So it, it kind of cuts out the a day like today that's very dull. Obviously, there's not a huge amount of sunlight, yeah. but the batteries actually store the energy. So the water f- features have become far more efficient and uh, and far more effective as well. Mm-hmm. And as Terry mm-hmm. says, the solar, the actual solar unit, the panel itself, doesn't need to be side the, the feature. It can be several metres away, mm-hmm. hidden in a tree or in, in another area. But even putting in garden ponds, again, it's a great way. We think, again, that they, there, there's a lot of... It takes a lot of plumbing and a lot of um, work, but actually a water feature, again, tends to be relatively low maintenance. Because, again, you don't have to tend it every week. It tends to become self-sufficient. Okay, it doesn't need a certain amount per year. But if you get the 
the balance between fish, plant life and, and the surface area of the pond, it can be a great way of reducing space in a garden. But again, it needs to be designed into an overall plan. And I suppose that's the message, really, yeah. Viv. It's not doing small projects in the garden. It's having an overall plan. I mean, you'd never build plan, a house yeah. without an overall plan. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same principle with gardening. You need an overall master plan. Now, that can be done in projects. You can do a number of projects over five or six or seven years to, to ultimately get the finished product. But you do need a master plan because things have to link together. Like Lego, each piece of the garden needs to be flow from one to the other. You can't do piecemeal pieces. So you've got to have a master plan and then break those into small projects and tackle the projects then, depending on the urgency that you want to get them done and also in terms of your budget. But if you've got a young family, obviously that's something that's urgent and needs to be addressed. Mm. And, and you build your garden, that initial project around the young family. Okay, lovely stuff. Just to reiterate before we go to the break, uh, clinic, have, you, don't, you don't have to book for the clinic? No, no, just come along. Uh, Terry and I will be giving a presentation at one o'clock today and three o'clock. Okay. Um, and we're just going to spend about half an hour going through the principles of good garden design. It's a visual uh, presentation, so we'll show you examples of gardens that we have designed over the last couple of years, why we've actually taken a particular approach, you know, what was the customer's lifestyle and how do they, the garden reflect that, and just go through the basic principles of good garden design and, and again, we'll be available for questions afterwards then if people want to sit down and, and uh, just chat through maybe their own their own garden afterwards. Lovely, that's great. And no charge. So no, no charge. No charge. Okay. That's today in Turlock at one o'clock and three o'clock and tomorrow at one o'clock and three o'clock. Okay, lovely stuff. Let's take a quick break. We're well, well beyond the break and we'll be back with lots more. Don't forget our magic number. It's 0818 or 87 Do you have a question for Porrick and uh, Terry on your garden? The new Suzuki Vitara is here from €19,995. This 4x4 is designed with you in mind. With so many options, no two Vitaras are the same. Test drive the new Vitara at Cassidy Motors Charlestown and create your new car. Vitara. It lives. Cassidy Motors. Go further. Discover a treasure trove of exquisite jewellery and elegant giftware at Rouse's Jewellers, Pier Street, Ballina. With designer brands and luxurious jewels, we will help you express your own style and create a lifetime of precious memories. With the perfect gift for every possible occasion, Rouse's Jewellers have it all. Attention all gardeners, Cranamona Cho, Cernamona Galway are the leading suppliers of bark mulch in a choice of fine, mini and medium chip. Available in bags and bulk and it's cost effective. Treat your garden to nature's way of fighting weeds. Cranamona, call 094-95-48281. Massive summer sale at Golden Shed Swinford. 3 metre by 4 metre steel sheds worth 1,900 euro, now 1,700 euro. Contact Sean for all offers on 87 Looking for the perfect lawn? It's so easy with Greenforce. It feeds the lawn, kills weeds and moss all in one step. So now you can spend your time relaxing in the garden instead of working so hard. With the most coverage, it's also the best value. Good for your garden and good on your pocket. Create your own perfect lawn with Greenforce Lawn Care from Hygieia, an Irish company available in your local store. Read instructions carefully. 
A warm welcome awaits you at the Keg Room, located at 53 West 36th Street, near Madison Square Garden, the Empire State Building, the Javits Centre and Herald Square. In the finest tradition of an Irish sports bar with contemporary American style, the Keg Room is the ultimate meeting place for watching your favourite teams, with 28 flat screen TVs and four huge screens to watch your favourite sports, including all GAA, rugby and soccer games live. The Keg Room is open for lunch and dinner every day, with great traditional Irish fare and daily specials. Proprietor Mary Mary and Joe Carty and staff look forward to welcoming you at the Keg Room. Hi, Geraldine here from Connington's Forest and Garden Tune with fantastic lawnmower promotions. Ride on lawnmowers from 1475 with five-year warranty. Briggs and Stratton Moors from 199 Connington's Forest and Garden Tune. Sorry, no weeds allowed. Declare your driveway a weed-free zone with High Troll Path and Drive Weed Killer. Hytrol Path and Drive Weed Killer from Hygieia kills weeds down to the root and continues working all summer on paths, driveways and patios. So if you're looking for a quick and easy solution, reach for Hytrol Path and Drive Weed Killer. Hygieia, supporting Irish gardening and jobs for 75 years. Read instructions carefully. I'll tell you one thing we're having great conversations here it's a very interesting subject this garden design lads I didn't have a clue about it uh, but look for say the likes of me who's absolutely hasn't got a clue about this and actually wouldn't know where to start uh, on my own garden could you say you mean you know my garden I, I live in a, in the town in Glamouris uh, not a major garden maybe 35 by 35 feet uh, what sort of process would I need to go through to uh, make my garden a-okay yeah. and, and user friendly <laughs> That could be a tough challenge, Ben. Well, a very tough challenge. I, I suppose the first step is we'd, 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 you'd have to go through a questionnaire checklist. Yeah. Find out what your requirements are. I mean, so we find out what my requirements are. Yeah, what's be, what's the procedure then? Uh, we, you, so we basically first thing we do is we'd get we'd prioritise. Okay, we'd look at the um, this, your perhaps your storage. You may need some, you have a shed at the back, and you work around that. You have a patio, so we need to link areas. We start to build up the, the, the basics, and then we actually link those basic areas, and then we start to create layers around that. So we have the um, you have your shed, you have your patio area, you have maybe an area for your, your clothesline. We try to integrate that into mm. what we call it a utility space. Then you find, oh, I can also store the bins there. I can also store the kids' bikes or whatever, the, the bits and pieces. So mm. they're out of the way and then the likelihood to so make that area visually pleasing, we can do put some planting of climbers or some mixed shrubs there which are suitable. You may have decided, yeah, I'd like to get into this kitchen gardening lark. So we'd say, okay, we're going to find the sunniest part the best part where we're going to look at your garden in relation to the aspect and the um, in relation where where the, the best uh, position for these plants to grow, mm. and we will design an area there for you for that, and then we'll tick all everything that you've requested. We'll see if that can that can fit in. Uh, so you like maybe a tree in the garden? Perhaps there's one. Pl- place where you feel I'm mean, slightly overlooked here so I'd like a little bit of screening or privacy so we can actually plant a tree there to actually to, 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 to do that for you. So the idea is once we have the information and what, what your requirements you are we on, put start it, on the outside we start on the outside and we work our way in. We, we do it in steps and in layers and then we, 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 we start off with your basic needs and then we sort of to flesh out from that to make it obviously uh, functional mm-hmm. and, and practical. That's the key. Because this and is really all about enhancing your lifestyle, isn't it? It is. And, and, and I think for a lot of small gardens, particularly in the States, they should consider getting rid of the grass completely. I mean, when you think about it, you know, it, it's you need to store the lawnmower somewhere. 
the grass isn't very functional as in you can't go out and, and, and play with the kids type of thing on it you may consider artificial grass you may consider paving yeah, artificial gravel. grass talk to me about artificial grass well, they, that, that has become I suppose uh, very popular in the last number of years just simply down to the, the quality of artificial grass now is very very realistic and particularly for children and pets it's a very clean surface you can that lady I was talking to you about at the top of the programme she was able to let the children out in their socks in the yeah. garden it was clean they're coming back into the garden, into the house, clean, no dirt or gutter or whatever. But for smaller gardens, it's really, you know, we tend to put in a lawn as, as a default mechanism rather than about thinking, well, do we actually require a lawn or is there a surface that would better suit our lifestyle and our needs? So maybe gravel material, paving material, um, you know, so because a small bit of lawn really doesn't offer any function as such. Mm. You might be better with ground covering plants, yeah. which again will require little or no maintenance. So I would look at areas like that. I would also consider things like, I mean, you love to cook outdoors. Yeah. Well, why not build a physical structure rather than just plonking the barbecue out of doors and putting a cover on it in the winter, which we all tend to do. Yeah. Why not build a small physical structure that is weatherproof, that will allow you to barbecue all year round, yeah. um, a nice environment where you can sit and cook and, you know, use as a reading area. The children can use it as a play area. So it becomes a kind of multifunctional Like a gazebo aspect. type of thing. That type yeah. of thing. Why so not the wooden more, structure you're talking about. Yeah, yeah more features. Idea, yeah. More features, maybe a little bit more decking, uh, maybe some raised areas where, again, you can sit out and but make sure that they're all weather. Again, lots of, of um, very good awnings available now that will extend out from the home. So they, they'll come out maybe 10 or 15 feet on yeah. a damp or dull day, but it allows you to access the garden and use the garden. And I think living in the west of Ireland, we've got to be mindful that, you know, for pretty much three quarters of the time of year, we've got an inclement type weather that doesn't allow us to enjoy the garden as much as we should do. Yeah. So we do need protective structures. We need covered areas. We need gazebos. We need, um, you know, particular areas maybe built off the house that will be all weather yeah. where you can cook, you can sit out, you can read a book on a, on a dull day or on a wet day yeah. and start to enjoy the garden. So I'd be, you know, thinking about that rather than just doing the atypical thing that we all tend to do, which is a small bit of green grass out the front, a few shrubs around the, the edge, yeah. a tree in the middle, and the back garden is something similar. A load of grass with loads of moss in it. Exactly. Yeah, I know, I, that's and, the way ours is. And it, moss it, there all over the place. Yeah, and really when you're in a small garden, is a lawn actually of any value? Are you actually making, what is the purpose of it? Whereas in a large, maybe more urban garden, yeah, you've got talking about that urban, so a bigger garden. Well, well a bigger garden, yeah. okay, the, the, I suppose the attraction to the lawn is that it's it's cheap to put down, but but does take quite a lot of maintenance. Mm -hmm. But in a larger garden, yes, it can be, aesthetically, it can look really well, it can offset trees and shrubs. Uh, but I, again, when you're designing a lawn, I tend to try to design it as a unit, that you don't end up with three or four lawns around the garden. Because, again, just physically bringing them more from one to other, and they tend not to be, again, what's the purpose of that particular green area? So it's getting to think, getting people to think about why, why, what's the purpose, what's their lifestyle, and making sure that the elements that you put into the garden match their specific lifestyle. Um, so again, in, in a larger garden, you, a, a more a rural garden, you may have a lawn area, but let's keep it as a, as a unit and design around that. Um, and again, the same principles apply. Look maybe for a cooking area, an entertaining area out of doors. Look for hard surface areas, the likes of paving, gravel in particular. It's a cheap material to use, mm. but it's great for covering areas. And uh, again, cuts down on, on the, the, the weed But the key control. thing there is preparation. Yeah. The other thing to remember as well, and we'll be covering this today at, at one o'clock and three o'clock, is that the use of physical features like the driveway, rather than having a straight driveway, 
up, up, up to the main door. Think about curving pathways and driveways because they in themselves start to create a feature as well and they give you curves and bends in the garden. So if you've got a square front garden, well, rather than having a straight uh, driveway right to the hall door, why not curve that and create some shape and form in the, the even the curved driveway in itself, maybe with gravel used as a material, can look very appealing yeah. as well but it also helps with the overall garden design because it's giving you natural curves in an otherwise very squared area so they're the sort of things we're going to look at today Viv um, remember it's one o'clock and three o'clock Terry and I will be giving a talk yeah. in the garden centre in Turlock so and we'll also repeat it again tomorrow and it's really only limited by somebody's imagination because you you guys obviously have the tools to actually bring those dreams to fruition yeah. Listen, just while we go on um Listener has a large wall area covered. How, what's the best way to cover that? Well, I saw a great idea in Holland. Uh, I was over in Holland a couple of weeks back um, looking at, and they had used printed material. So it was, it was a greenhouse. I was walking into a large greenhouse. At the front of the greenhouse, they actually used a material, a, a fabric, and they screen printed onto the material a Virginia creeper and an ivy. And it looks so realistic. I thought it was a fantastic view. Now, I'm not advocating Hang we do that. Hang on Just go back here a second. So you have a massive wall. Is that what you're this saying? Was a, so this was a huge paper. greenhouse. It yeah. was a huge, huge greenhouse. That yeah. I was actually attending an exhibition. Yeah. And rather than walking into the greenhouse with its glass walls, they cleverly screen printed climbing plants. Now, they were huge. It was yeah. a big, big material. Um, but it... Aesthetically, it looked fantastic. Mm. From a distance, I wouldn't have, and I, I know the plants, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have known that it was yeah. actually uh, false. So, so, you know, they were cleverly using material and printing to actually dress up the wall. So, and I thought, it was, I thought it was fantastic. No, to answer your question, I'm yeah, not okay. advocating you do that. But Imagine that now. I never thought of that. But it's, it's thinking about materials like wall art. Mm. You can now get wall paintings or wall art that can sit on your wall and help to dress your wall. So it's not just about using plants. There are other materials that we've got to start considering that people can use to make the garden more pleasing. Yeah. And I just thought in that example, the guys had thought about a, a very clever material um, very simple material to actually cover and mask a wall. Now if I was planting it I would use real plants so I'd use plants like Virginia creepers trailing ivies um, climbing hydrangeas, there's lots of really good garden plants and the great thing about putting them against a wall is that once they cover the wall like my garden shed, it doesn't need any painting or maintenance after that the ivy gets a trim once a year and that's it so again it's cutting back on the maintenance of the overall maintenance of the site so climbers are a great way to cover walls Can you get climbers now that would actually go against a wall and you can actually get fruit or vegetables or something from them? Well you can train train, um, fruiting plants against walls, so the likes of apples, pears, plums can actually be trained as espaliers against the wall and they use the wall for heat so it's doing two things it's covering the wall but it's also producing fruit as well but also with with, with, um, climbing plants you can integrate you know you can mix climbers together you can have something like variegated ivy for foliage colour all year round but through that you can integrate some flowering plants like clematis honeysuckles to give a bit of colour beautiful effect actually beautiful effect it's a a great way of doing it Terry you're sitting over there now and I've got a few questions for you now as well so get yourself there and uh, put, take, just take off those headphones it's causing a little bit of feedback that's right. leave them down there it's perfect um, now listener has a slope in their okay. garden any suggestions for that yeah um, 
basically well ground cover is, is, is generally is the easiest yeah. easiest solution uh, and again like Podrick said there are lots of different types and varieties and it really depends on, on where the site is if there is a sloping site and a, and a coastal or a exposed site then the selection of plants would be different than if it was a um, more of a sheltered site yeah. so, uh, so the, one of the better um, varieties for the for the slopes Contoni Aster um, you know there's the, some of the juniper varieties yeah, are very good lots of, lots of really um, so good there's plants. lots of vincas are very good um, and so we really what we need to know in that particular case is the actual location. It, it, where the, 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 um, is it exposed? Is it very? Is it sheltered? I mean, how steep? Does, yeah. the, does the person want multi multi coloured options so you can actually plant blocks of maybe five or six different types? rather than all the one plant. So there, there are lots of uh, options there. And I'd say if you call into the, the centre today, we can show you some, okay. of, some of the varieties. And they tend to look better on banks and slopes. The first thing is not to put it under grass because it'll break your heart trying to cut it. Yeah. So, so ground covering plants are a great way to do it. And as Terry says, the basic principle there is to put them in, in clusters of the same type. So if you're putting, say, a plant like uh, juniper, the ground covering juniper, that has lovely blue foliage put in at least six or seven plants together spacing them about a metre apart yeah. and the idea is that you want the seven plants to grow as one overall clump of juniper beside that you could have um, a, a ground covering cyanotus a lovely plant with blue flowers but again plant it in groups of threes fives or seven generally an odd number um, but that creates that overall clumped effect ground covering heathers for example put in seven eight white varieties together so they again they form this overall one big clump of white heather mixed with pink and purples and so on. Mm. So ground covering plants are a great way to help suppress for banks, slopes, awkward areas. They're, they're terrific. If you plant them well, um, it's a really good way of keeping the whole whole thing maintenance free. And I'm slightly overdue a break but I just want a quick one here while we're on that subject of, of sort of you know, covering things. Yeah. Uh, a listener just said here they have a septic tank. Any yeah, ideas on that popular. one? Any well, ideas? It, well again um, is, you know septic tanks again you're looking to, to mask them so um, I've seen actually things simple things like boxwood used as a, as a low hedge at the front of a septic tank being very effective. You can put railway sleepers around the actual septic tank put some soil and again, put ground covering plants in. The main thing is that you leave access, obviously, to the to the openings, to the vents, and to be able to, to physically get at the septic tank. But there are lots of plants that can be used to screen it off and, and mask it. And in, in your experience, Terry, have you come across any novel solutions to the septic tank and the oil tank, of course, as well? Yeah, I, I think part of it can be integrated where you can actually put, a, a, a if you extend the bed around the septic tank and actually maybe put a small weeping tree like a Betula Youngii yeah, or, or a Jean's weeping, yeah. weeping to the foreground so it looks like when you look at it you don't even realise there's a septic tank there it's only yeah. when you actually step in and see the middle of the bed so the idea is to create kind of like a, a perception that it's, it's, it's just an island bed mm. you know and make it sort of look, look, look visually and they're attractive. the sort of areas Fave, you, you know when looking at the garden or when you're looking at garden design as Terry said start with the boundaries start with the shelter privacy because that's going to take time for the hedges and the trees to mature but then you look at the awkward areas where are the things like septic tanks like slopes banks wet maybe areas wet even. areas yeah. in the garden the corners generally is an area to focus on. Pick out the areas again that if you plant them up or do something clever with them, again it's cutting back in the maintenance and okay. visually it's looking stunning. It, it, yeah, it makes it look a lot better. Guys, I better go and take the quick break and uh, lots of questions so we might concentrate in the, in the final part of the programme on some of the questions from the listeners. This is Midwest Radio, this is The Gardening Show uh, with uh, Terry and Porrick this morning and Viv of course standing in for Deirdre. 087-900-4141 or 0818-3055. Teresa is taking the calls this morning. Sorry, no weeds allowed. 
Declare your driveway a weed-free zone with Hytrol Path and Drive Weed Killer. Hytrol Path and Drive Weed Killer from Hygieia kills weeds down to the root and continues working all summer on paths, driveways and patios. So if you're looking for a quick and easy solution, reach for Hytrol Path and Drive Weed Killer. Hygieia, supporting Irish gardening and jobs for 75 years. Read instructions carefully. For great home and garden improvement ideas, drop into KBK Groundworks Canala Road, Banana. We can advise you on all aspects of paving and decorative stone for patios or driveways. Decorate your garden in style with our fabulous range of garden furniture and garden essentials. Right now, we have a sale on all our ornaments, bird baths and flower pots. KBK Groundworks Canala Road, Banana. Love your landscape. Have you ever noticed how some things just go together? Since I Thomas the Brennan. Like shoes and socks and bed and breakfast <laughs> and white bread and high fibre, says he. How would you go on with that, says I? No, it's true, says he. It's in my new Brennan's Be Good white bread, high in fibre. <laughs> so you can have your cake and eat it, says I. <laughs> I wouldn't know about that, says he. But it does make for a great sandwich. <laughs> Brennan's, today's bread today. Cats and dogs all agree on one thing. Value for money at Pet Stop, Discount Warehouse and Fuel Centres, Ballina, Castlebar and Sligo. Dreamy's cat treats, normal price one ninety nine, our price 99 cent. 15kg dog food, two bags for just €22. Euro. And save a whopping €4.60 on dentist sticks. Massive discounts across the store at the Pet Stop, Discount Warehouse and Fuel Centres, Ballina, Castlebar and Sligo. Priced for pets. Hi, Mick here from Connington's Shop Street, June. Your authorised Briggs and Stratton service centre. We are main agents for Husqvarna, Garden Care, Craftsman and many other machines. Call today on 093-28915. Connington's Shop Street, June. Massive summer sale at Golden Shed Swinford. Three metre by four metre steel sheds worth 1,900 euro, now 1,700 euro. Contact Sean for all offers on 87 Attention all gardeners, Cranamona Cho, Cernamona Galway are the leading suppliers of bark mulch in a choice of fine, mini and medium chip. Available in bags and bulk and it's cost effective. Treat your garden to nature's way of fighting weeds. Cranamona, call 094-95-48281. In Saturday's Irish Independent, Donald Ski and Summer Barbecue Special, a pull-out guide on eating al fresco this summer. With recipes, guides to the best drinks, party organising and outdoor decor, it's a feast of great ideas. In sport, your championship 2015 preview magazine. Introducing our all-star team of GAA writers, Henry Shefflin and Peter Canavan. Plus, we free ice cream at Lidl for every reader. Saturday begins with the Irish Independent. Before you make up your mind, open it. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for the perfect lawn? It's so easy with Green Force. It feeds the lawn, kills weeds and moss all in one step. So now you can spend your time relaxing in the garden instead of working so hard. With the most coverage, it's also the best value. Good for your garden and good on your pocket. Create your own perfect lawn with Green Force Lawn Care from Hygieia, an Irish company available in your local store. Read instructions carefully. Now, there we are. You we were very welcome back to us. Just coming up to 13 minutes of 10. This hour has really flown, guys, hasn't it? It has, yeah. And it's great to see the amount of calls coming in. And yeah. It's an interesting topic, and it's a topic, I suppose, that affects everyone. And we yeah. don't just put enough time into thinking about good garden design. Yeah, because there's one here now, a listener, who has bad balance. Okay, what's, the, what's their question? They're 60 years of age, they've got bad balance. Any ideas of how they could have their garden designed in such a way that would suit them with the bad balance? Well, I think, as, as Terry said earlier, the, the raised beds are a fantastic way for people to be able to access 
um, both fruiting beds, flowering beds. You can use the raised beds for so many different purposes. And it's a great way because they're at waist high, you can lean against them. You can, if people are in wheelchairs, they can, they can go right up to the raised bed yeah. and plant the bed and access it all the way around. So they're a fantastic way. And they give, they're a physical structure as well that you can lean on, you can take a rest. Um, but also having areas around the garden that people can sit and dwell yeah. is very important. So around your own garden, having a number of benches or seating areas made out of, it can be made out of anything really, yeah. railway sleepers, whatever. Uh, and raised beds lend themselves to that as well. You can sit on the edge of them. So they're perfect for older people. They're perfect for if you've got poor balance or if you want to get access very, very easily. The raised beds, I think, are a terrific way. And also linking that with hard surface areas like paving areas that, again, make it easy to access the garden. Yeah, I love the idea of the AstroTurf. I mean, I, I, I've used AstroTurf myself in my own business, but it's a fantastic uh, hard-wearing, and some of these newer ones are actually quite bouncy as well. You know, these oh, ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're very, fantastic. Yeah, they're, 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 a little tip for people, if you've got artificial grass in the garden, brush some sand yeah. Very, very fine sand. If you brush that into it, it tends to keep the needles upright yeah. and it makes it, it obviously weighs it down as well, which is great, yeah. but it, it, um, it, it, it just makes it look far more authentic. Okay, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, the weekend, just for people just who might have joined us late. T- talk to me a little bit about the weekend. Well, What's just to remind, we're having a garden design weekend. Terry and I and Peter are going to be available in, in the centre in Turlock today in Castle Bar. And we've got a presentation talk at one o'clock and three o'clock today. And again tomorrow, Sunday, at one o'clock and three o'clock clock and really it's just to show people some ideas and good principles around garden design and again it's very much a visual presentation with lots of photographs to show people Mm. gardens that we've approached in different ways depending on the customer's lifestyle and and the principles behind good garden design so at least people are able to take those away and start thinking about their own garden and what they need to start focusing on and kind of reflecting maybe on their own lifestyle and and how does the garden actually fit that at the moment and of course it's going to be fun isn't it it is. It's always fun with us, babe. But you know what I mean? It's going to be a bit of crack, oh, yeah, too. Like, like, I, like, I'd say it'd be quite inspirational. And that's what it's all about, really. Yeah. Just get inspiring people to think, well, actually, like, I didn't know anything about this now until we talked during the week. Mm. And to actually, when you're thinking about it, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, and very simply done, as you say, Terry, it's quite affordable, too. Like, it just depends and you cut your cloth according to measure. And so today's going to be about fun and it's going to be about a bit, a bit, a bit of crack, yeah. but also some serious stuff and some great ideas. But it also makes sense. And if you think, you know, for me, Irish people are not using, we're not using our gardens as part of our lifestyle or as as an extension to the home it tends to be a negative thing people see gardening today as a chore as something that has to be tolerated as Mm. something that has to be done rather than embracing it in with with the mindset of well okay how do we make it work for our lifestyle how do we enjoy the garden more and okay we and and obviously be mindful of the climate that we have putting in a lot more covered structures i think is is certainly a way to start that the other interesting thing we were talking about earlier was um, if you look at most gardens they look fantastic in March, April, May and June because most people get excited at that time of year rush into their local garden centre including my own and fill up their trolleys with flowering cherries, cherries yeah. azaleas, rhododendrons if you think of all the spring flowering plants They're quite are, late this year weren't they? Yeah they are well yeah. they're a little bit late this year but, yeah. but we, we tend to do a lot of gardening for over four months and then forget the garden particularly in the winter time yeah. um, we don't plant enough winter flowering there's a fantastic range of plants that give winter colour and winter scent um, like witch hazel loads and loads of different plants that I can think of that flower November, December, January, February Um, but because we tend to get excited in the springtime and forget the garden during the winter um, 
most gardens are devoid of winter colour, aren't they, Terry? Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I, I suppose that's part of the, the, the impulsive buying, you know, and not planning. And, and, and what happens eventually is a lot of these people don't realise that some of these plants may grow too tall or, or actually may not fit their, fit their purpose. Um, and, and that's the important part of it. If you have a plan, then you can actually sometimes avoid making expensive mistakes. You can actually say, yeah, this is the colour scheme and the palette I want. I want seasonal interest. And then we have the skills and, and the experience to actually design that for yeah. you. Um, and that's it's all a totally, it's like a eureka moment. It's, to, it's a totally different way of looking at, at this. First of all, the fact that it's going to be a part of your lifestyle, a lifestyle space, yeah. right? It's not just going to be a green lawn. So, look, I wish you well with that, lads, because I think it's going to be a, a fabulous success for you. Um, and um, just reiterating again the fact that it's, it's going to be great. And Anybody can go down today. Well, you pop down today. I mean, if you have some photographs, bring, bring them with you. But, but today will be mainly where we'll be presenting some, some ideas. So at one o'clock and three o'clock, um, about a half an hour's talk. And we'll, we'll fill some questions then afterwards. And again, I think people will go away with a lot of ideas. The other nice thing is that if you're down, if you leave your email address, we'll send you out the presentation. Oh, so at least you, you, you'll have the, um, the pictures and the ideas to... To, to remember yeah. and to, to hopefully spark some interest. Is it possible to get a pizza oven in your garden? It is. Did you hear that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Pizza ovens are available this at the moment. A, and and again, we're seeing, a, again, huge interest in people cooking out of doors, gas barbecues and pizza ovens. Um, Terry, you were saying you've designed it You've yeah, designed it a lot of our designs people, people request it I mean you see now the alfresco al people actually dining outside we can uh, um, you can actually buy them off the shelf or you can actually get them purpose built you can um, make make a pizza oven yeah, but again it, that becomes a feature within the garden it becomes a talking point within the garden but rather than just putting the pizza oven out there think about well, where are you going to house that how are you going to make it all weather if possible and what are the kind of things like seating arrangements you're going to make around that. So make it a, a talking point, a, 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 you know, a practical area of the garden. Um, the Room to Improve, um, Dermot Brannigan, I don't know if you watched that programme, yeah. but he designed yeah. recently a garden where he put a fireplace mm -hmm. out of, outside. So again, for the couple... A fireplace outside? Fire, fireplace. So what he, he built actually an extension right out on their patio. He built a physical wall to give mm -hmm. wind protection. Yeah. And in the wall, he built an outdoor fire pit or outdoor mm -hmm. fireplace. And the idea is with the couple were able to bring people over, sit them uh, on the patio area and have a fire, an outdoor fire going. And I thought it was a great, oh, yeah. again, thinking about using the garden as an, ex as an outdoor living space. Um, and, you know, a very simple, practical idea. It becomes a talking point, becomes a feature. Now, if you, if you dial that up a little bit more and put a cooking area alongside that or a covered seating area, you know, you're starting to reduce the physical planting space and lawn space and you're giving it over to more usable space. And that's really what we want people to start thinking about. How can they change their garden to be more of a usable space than a maintenance? And okay, a that's fantastic. So just to reiterate again, today in Turlock, one and three o'clock. One and three o'clock. Peter, I... Loads of fun. Loads of fun. Answer yeah. people's questions. Lots of great information and go along and enjoy yeah, it. And remember, it is a design, so it's very much kind of geared towards people that are thinking about changing their current garden yeah. or maybe they've got a new garden and they want to know where to start and just give them ideas and principles around that. Just a quick question. I have a conifer hedge. Can uh, I plant a laurel hedge in front of it and do they grow well together? 
You can, of course, yeah. I mean, they, I, I, I'm not, don't see really the specific need for that. Maybe the conifers are going a bit brown, and if they are, then putting a laurel hedge in front of them is a great idea. Uh, make sure that you space them, give the laurels at least four metres away from the conifer hedge, give it plenty of space. And the laurel, depending on the variety, there's, um, you've got the Portuguese laurel, which is really, really nice, very, very dark green, suitable up to about four or five feet. Or if you want a taller hedge, then go for the common laurel, laurel which will grow six, seven feet in height. Okay, um, now does the listener wondering do you call out for designs and what is the cost obviously we can't say that on the radio uh, but I'll just tell the listener we can pass on the number your Yeah, we'll pop down and, and we, but the answer is we do call out I yeah. mean, we, as part of the consultation and the, and the process that's an integral part we need to see the garden and, and visualise it and take pictures of it Okay, because but so what we do is I'll give you this listener's that's number fine. That's yeah. perfect, that's 100% and just finally um, listener just wondering can anybody attend tomorrow for the advice you're Absolutely. given? Absolutely, well it's, it's today free, yeah, it's today 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock and tomorrow 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock just turn up and um, we'll probably end up with too many people turning up but, but they're anyway, all welcome they're all welcome and it, we, again it's going to be done in very much a presentation style so um, so yeah OK well that's fantastic up. Terry it was really, really nice to meet nice you to and you enjoy your weekend Paul, same with you I have to rush off now because the time is fast approaching 10, 10 o'clock so from all us on the gardening show take care the greatest hits of all 